0: That ball you wanna take? That there's a mistake, Callahan. Callahan's a poser. Yeah, and what do you know that every scout and coach on Earth does not? I know he got sacked 12 times last year. No, it was 11, it was 11 times. Yeah, well, four of them were mine in one game. Yeah, I remember, I, I, I saw your highlight reel. I also remember that he beat you. Watch it again. Don't watch me, watch him. Watch me sack him four times in one game, then watch what happens after.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the BF War Room. My name is Steve Mathis. You can find me on Twitter at Judge Mathis. Joined as always by Randy Hardman. You can find him on Twitter at Randy Hardman. 52, took a little bit of a week off last week to recuperate, but we are back for another week of college football again. Every week on this podcast, we'd like to talk about the week that was in college football, the week that's coming up, and talk about the Buffalo Bills, their specific needs, and prospects that we as Bills fans uh, should keep our eye on. And the big game from this past weekend, Randy, was Michigan, Michigan State, or should I say Michigan, Kenneth Walker, the third, because Kenneth Walker, the third, 23 carries 195 yards, five touchdowns in that big win over the university of Michigan. And I'll tell, I'll tell you what I've been mentioning this guy, Kenneth Walker uh, on this podcast, a couple of times as a guy, I think is one of the, you know, along with Spiller and Charbonnet and Brees hall, one of the better backs in this draft. I wasn't sure if any of them was a first rounder. They're all probably still not, but I ran a mock draft today and just for funsies. I took myself Kenneth Walker uh, the third in the first round. I'm ready to risk it all, baby. Uh, Talk a little bit about that Michigan-Michigan State game and what you think about Kenneth Walker and just running backs in general.
0: Well, first of all, anytime that Harbaugh loses, an angel gets its wings, (laughs) okay? Um, I was really happy to see that game. Kenneth Walker broke out in a big way this week, and it was, um, as far as the running back class goes, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that there's a couple guys that are you know, in that probably second to third realistically, but uh, you, maybe one could sneak into the first, but I doubt it. They're probably all going to be in that second, third range. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to be quality players at the next level. So as we've discussed a little bit, a lot of them are going to be you know, contact balance guys. They're not going to be um, these breakaway speed guys. And uh, my favorite in the group is Brees Hall. I was trying to think of a, a good comp for the listeners and for people to kind of think about and what I kind of settled on, and tell me if you think this is accurate, what I settled on was uh, the Buffalo or maybe the Baltimore version of Willis McGahee, not the Miami version, mm-hmm. but the Buffalo version. What do you think about that, and kind of tell me where you are with it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I th- that would make sense in, in a number of ways. Obviously, you got the vision and the contact balance there. Willis McGahee was always very underrated in terms of his ability as a pass blocker and what he could do out of the backfield, and Brees Hall, like, Jimmy Brees 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 Hall probably should be RB1 in this class. He is the most complete back. I mean, he is a good pass catcher, he is a good blocker, uh, and he's he's a vision contact balance guy who's got a decent second gear. So I think that's a pretty solid comp there uh for Brees Hall.
0: Yeah, and I was you know, he was uh he was a big favorite of mine uh when he you know before the knee injury, mm-hmm. um, not so much after, you know, the way that we took him, but if you had said you can get Wilson McGee in the first round pre knee injury, I would have been you know over the moon ecstatic. Um, and I think Hall offers a lot of the same things that he did, so uh, that's kind of where I am with him. Yeah. I, I'm just looking at, and especially
1: again, this might just be overreacting to one game, but it's starting to become a trend over the past couple of games. I'm out on, I'm out, I'm not. I want to, I want to try to say this in a way that sounds measured, but I'm out on Devin Singletary in terms of a long-term future in Buffalo. I'm in on him this year. Like I'm not saying that Devin Singletary is a bad NFL running back. He's not on another football team. He probably makes a ton of sense, but to me in terms of this team, what this team wants to do heading into the future of this franchise, I just don't know if there's a place for Devin Singletary here. He's just not dynamic enough for this offense. And in terms of Zach Moss, the more and more we, again, we see of Zach Moss, I'm thinking we have ourselves not a 1B, but a number two running back in Zach Moss. And that leaves me missing that lead back. That finds me missing that ball carrier that you can count on. And I want the Buffalo Bills to, again, there's nothing we can do this year. We're going to have to make it work with what we have. But go out next offseason and find me someone worthy of taking the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. And I look at Kenneth Walker the third, and I see a guy who's got vision and contact balance. He's got great, he's got a great feel, an absolutely great feel for the cutback game. And with Josh Allen running those RPOs with him in Buffalo, that could be a lethal combination. He averages, he's averaging 6.6 yards per carry this year. He's not a burner, but he's got juice for those chunk plays. Three of his touchdowns against Michigan, the top rushing defense in NCAA football this year, were for 20 plus yards. So whether it's Kenneth Walker, whether it's a Brees Hall, I'm not so high on Isaiah Spiller as other people, but he's definitely more explosive than Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall. But explosion, again, isn't everything. Look at Matt Parita. Um Right. We the Or Melvin Gordon in free agency, something this offseason. I think the Buffalo Bills do need to make a change at RB1 heading into 2023.
0: What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I think, and look, we all wanted it to... to think that Singletary was going to be the guy and I think you're right he's it's not like he's a terrible player it's not like he's a complete bust but he's limited mm-hmm. he's specifically limited in things that you really need out of a, a real RB1 so and I agree with you on Moss I mean he I was never the biggest Moss fan coming out I don't know you were I know Kendall was but he, I just kind of I was always kind of lukewarm on him and I think pushing him into that RB two role and trying to bring in somebody that is more of a five tool player, um, or at least four, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, is uh, is a better bet than, than sticking it out with the two of them. And we've talked about churning the running backs on this roster anyway, uh, year in and year out, just with the way the team is constructed, with the way that they run their offense. I think it's smart, but yeah, I I definitely see upgrading a running back as being a not a priority, but you know, a, a medium, you know, mid level priority. And I think it kind of coincides with the Levi Wallace discussion that we were having a few weeks ago. Whereas, Ooh. is he a good player? Yes. Can he work for just about any team out there? Absolutely. Is he a premier player? No. And will he ever be? No. And I think Ooh. that's where we are with the running backs, too.
1: Yeah, that that is a really great point right there. And that brings me to our next segment, because... A lot of people want to talk about the running backs. And they're like, well, it's not Devin Singletary. It's not Zach Moss. It's the interior of the offensive line. What are you going to do if the offensive line just isn't getting any type of push whatsoever, et cetera, et cetera. So there is uh, there's a group of people who want to blame the running backs. There's a group of people that want to blame the offensive line. There's a group of people who are sort of in between, and they're kind of like, well, they're both kind of limited. Let's blame both. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would, if, if, if I had to, to place most of the blame, I would put uh, a decent number. Uh, I would put a decent high percentage on the offensive line because I do feel like even though we just talked about how limited Zach Moss and Devin Singletary can be, they could certainly be a lot more productive and effective if the offensive line was giving them some stuff to work with. It's not like they're they're leaving the covered bare, but there's not a lot of opportunities for the running backs to make big plays in this offense as currently constructed. Um, but before we get to the interior offensive line, I just want to talk about how to get premier players, whether it be a running back, which... There probably aren't any in this draft, and they'll drop to you anyway, or an ear-tier, maybe an interior offensive lineman. We're going to talk about interior offensive lineman in segment three. How to get one of these premier players, a Kenyon Green, an Ikamakwanu, a Tyler Linderbaum, a Darien Kennard, how to get them to drop to you at 30. And in order for them to drop to you at 30, you're going to need some guys to go, wide receivers, quarterbacks, cornerbacks, etc. If you want um, a premium offensive lineman late in the first round, despite the fact that there's usually not a premium on guards, this is a weak draft class. And there are a bunch of really good guards who could go sooner than usual and a bunch of guards who have that guard tackle flex, which could also make them go earlier than usual. So a couple of things this week, number one, Drake London broke his ankle season is over. He's a guy that I'm expecting to go ahead of the Buffalo bills and drop a guy down to us that maybe we might be more, more of a need, we might have more of a need for. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in the pre-draft process. Obviously breaking an ankle is a lot better than hurting or doing any ligament damage, but Drake London injury big for the guy who's probably going to be the bullet award winner. Um, and then the quarterback position. I mean, come on. We, we, if like four or five quarterbacks would just step up because there are teams in this national football league that need quarterbacks, we would be able to get a much better player later on in the draft, wherever it is we're picking. Um, But I'm looking at these quarterbacks and I want to play a little game with you over under how many quarterbacks go before the Buffalo Bills pick. And let's set the Buffalo Bills pick at uh, where they were last year. Let's set the pick at 30, right? AFC championship game, the Buffalo Bills are, are picking in the 30s. Let's set it at 30. How many quarterbacks do you think go before the Buffalo Bills? Here are the names that I'm going to throw out at you. You got Matt Corral, who I think is the leader in the clubhouse right now to be QB1. You got Malik Willis, who's probably right neck and neck with Matt Corral. You have Sam Howell, who's probably the most physically gifted quarterback, um, in, you know, in this class, but dropping because, you know, he really can't handle being blitzed. That's not a good thing for a quarterback. Carson Strong, who uh, is, again, one of the more physically gifted uh, quarterbacks in this draft class. has got a ton of arm talent, but really not playing in a college offense at Nevada that's developing his talents right now. So you're going to have a lot of work to do with you with Carson Strong when he gets to the pros. He's also got an injury history. You got fast riser, Kenny Pickett. You've got Spencer Rattler, who I, might might just be cocky enough to declare and yeah, had, think his tools can go. Um,
0: Desmond, you, you misspoke. I believe you were talking about Heisman favorite Kenny Pickett, <laughs> not Heisman uh... favorite.
1: Yeah, we got Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, uh, Tanner McKee from Stanford. Um, you know, it's a weak class when you start talking about Tanner McKee as a possible yeah. first rounder. You can and, stop there. And, no, no, I got one more. I got one more. Don Slovis. I'm never going to give up my boy. The next Tony <laughs> Romo, Slovis. But these are all guys who I see in um, like, like top 100 big boards it's scattered, scattershot uh, outside of Spencer Rattler. Who's dripping out, dropping out the most. These are the guys you might see one in one top 100 and not see even any other like Keaton Slovis. So these are the guy, like it's going to be such a weird pre-draft process with all of these guys. Big game this weekend, Matt Corral going against Malik Willis. How many quarterbacks go before 30?
0: Okay. So it's going to be a little bit of a nuanced discussion this year because I don't think any of these guys are legit day one starters. Okay. So if you're saying, if you're saying pre-Cam Newton, are any of these guys first round picks? No, because you're going to end up paying them a ton and they're not going to play for a year or two. Now, because the salaries are capped, and because teams are a little bit more apt to just let guys start, especially teams that are bad, like Washington football team is going to be, or, you know, like some of the other teams that are going to finish at the bottom of the league this year, I think two of these guys legit could go in the first round. And that's going to be, you know, Corral and Willis. Mm-hmm. Some other ones could sneak in. I saw a report from Yahoo Sports. They were talking about Carson Strong could possibly be the QB one in this draft. Uh, I know Kendall's a real big fan of his. Well, I talked to him last week about that. Um, and there certainly seems to be a lot to, to like there uh, as far as its size and arm strength and accuracy. Uh, but he's got Mike, some serious injury history that you'd have to
1: – I think if Mike White steps up the next couple weeks for the New York Jets, Mike White and Carson Strong, I see a lot of similarities between the two, big, strong-armed,
0: small school so, kids who play in a wide-open college offense. Funny, Funny story about the Mike White breakout. I was trying to – I went back and was looking – at uh you know some of the some of the things that i wrote down about that draft class and i remember i wrote down that if we didn't get allen i wouldn't mind taking a flyer on white because he's got a lot of tools to work with and i thought it was so funny i was like wow uh you know it took him a while but it, it seems like at least for one game you know he finally kind of mm-hmm. put it together i don't think it's so, gonna last but <laughs> i don't think it's gonna last either but it was just fun to go back and look and be like where was i with mike white oh yeah i mm-hmm. liked him you know, but knew that he was going to be a project down the road. Anyway, as far as this group goes, um, I don't think any of them are are real first round picks. I think Malik Willis and um and Corral are probably the guys that are most likely to go in the in the first round, but there could be some other ones that sneak up. If any more than three go in the top thirty, I'll be shocked. I'm I'll going be with absolutely three. shocked. I'm
1: going with three. I'm going with three. I think it's I think Matt Corral and Malik Willis right now are stone cold locks to go before uh the Buffalo. Before the Buffalo Bills make a selection, I think if Sam Howell declares, I think Sam Howell's physical ability will move him. Will, will likely get him drafted before. If not, I think Kenny Pickett could be a guy who can go in the in the in the twenties. Carson Strong could be a guy to go in the twenties. And listen, laugh at me all you want. Keaton Slovis is being slept on in this quarterback class. The guy really <laughs> does remind me of Tony Romo. He is accurate at all three levels of the football field, and he's been in an absolute dumpster fire. Absolute dumpster fire of a program at USC with Clay Helton and then all of the stuff that's going on there. If you're an NFL GM and you're looking at a guy like Keaton Slovis, who is accurate at all three levels of the football field, is a fairly, has some fairly good pocket awareness and can move, it can slide in the pocket and it's got decent athleticism um, and has got that arm strength. You're saying to yourself, this kid was in a really fucked up situation in college. I can take that guy. I can bring him into my professional organization. And you'd think a professional organization would have its head up head together, but probably not knowing yeah. some of the national football league teams. Uh, I could fix this dude. Uh, I could fix this dude. I can make this dude right. I can make this dude to steal the draft. So I think it's going to be Corral, Willis and Howell, but pick it strong. And I think my boy Key Don could make an argument. And if three quarterbacks go before the Buffalo Bills at 30, I will be so, so happy. Um, because I think
0: Ritter is the guy that might slot that
1: might move up. I think that's true. And a lot of that could be if if Cincinnati makes the college football playoff, how he performs in the college football playoffs when legitimately all of
0: the eyes will be on him. Well, okay. So last year he, they faced Georgia, um, in a big bowl game and he was, he looked fine. Like he, it wasn't the, the stage wasn't too big for him. So I think it's, (sighs) If Cincinnati goes undefeated, it's an absolute travesty if they're not at least included in the conversation and get to one of those games to have a chance. I mean, you can only play, you don't have control over the conference that you're in from a player's perspective. And you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. And if they're going out and beating them every week and they're undefeated at the end of the year, why do they not get a chance? It just doesn't make, it's what I hate about college football. There's so much to like. But the way that they have the end of the year and the bowls and the championship and all that, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it'll be certainly interesting. And then I, I want to talk now a little bit about. I want to talk about the guard, guards because we have talked we talked a bunch about corners in this draft. We talked a bunch about tight ends. We have talked a ton about guards here and there. But I really want to sit here and focus on all of the draft eligible guards that there should we should be seeing. Uh, go in the first three rounds of the draft and I want to talk about what are the likelihood that the Buffalo Bills can go out and can get this guard because me and you are both having this conversation before we started this podcast here if we want a quality guard who can start on day one for us next season we are likely going to need to draft one in the first two rounds and this is where it gets super interesting because I almost feel like we either need to draft one in the first, or we need to we need to trade up in the second, and that's what we're going to get to right now. The four guys that obviously are the premier talents in this draft class right now: Kenyon Green, he's got that tackle flex at ANM; he is going to be a top fifteen pick most likely. Ika Maquanu, guard tackle, he's been playing very well at left tackle this year for NC State. Another guy who get top fifteen to twenty buzz. You have Tyler Linderbaum, who is a center, which is not a not as premium position as others. He's not very versatile. I don't think you're going to get any guard play out of a guy like Tyler Linderbaum. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. Who knows? He's likely going to go top 25 just based on everything that he has done in the freak, the freak athlete that he is at Iowa. And then you have the big boy playing right tackle at Kentucky, Darian Kennard. What are the chances one of these four guys makes it to the Buffalo Bills again if they pick at 30, 31 or 32?
0: I think that if you're talking about one of the four, there's a good chance that one of them makes it. I'm not sure it's the one that you want though for what we want to do. You think not it's not that he's not a good player? It? Yeah, maybe. Ooh. Maybe. I think it would be Canard. I think it would be Canard. And Kennard, you know what? If Kennard made it there, I'm okay with that because I like Kennard and I want that, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's the type of guy that I wouldn't mind. But I think um to get another semi undersized, even though I know the background and all that, I get that. But to get a guy um, of Linderbaum stature, and again, I think he's more of a center than a guard anyway. I I I don't know, just mm-hmm. not my cup of tea. And,
1: and, that, and that's crazy. Like to, to me, I think that Kennard would be the guy if he was on the board, unless there was another cornerback that was really enticing you, I would jump all over Darian Kennard. And this is where it gets tricky for the Buffalo Bills at pick number, you know, 30, 31, 32. If you're not confident that you can trade back up in the first round, these following guys might not be first rounders, but maybe you say to yourself, they're going to fill a need. They're going to be a starter here for the whole five years of their contract. The next three names, do you possibly pull the trigger at 30 if you're not confident you can trade back up in round two? We saw what happened with Cody Ford. That's Sean Ryan from UCLA. That's Thayer Munford from Ohio State. And that's Donovan West from ASU. You could possibly even throw a guy like Jamari Saylor in there from Georgia.
0: That's that's where I was going to go as a sailor. And
1: Saylor, of all the guys that I just mentioned, Ryan, Munford, West, Saylor, I think Saylor's the guy who would maybe get to you in the 60s. Um, Thayer Munford's my choice. I'm a big fan of Thayer Munford. Switched from left tackle to left guard there at Ohio State. Uh, A very selfless player. He's got that guard tackle flex. I'm a big fan of his. A guy who's growing on me is a guy who's out here in my own backyard. Donovan West has been starting since his freshman year at ASU. ASU's program has a ton of problems. I called this weekend on Twitter, not that whatever I'm calling for matters in any grand scheme of anything. I I, I think Herm Edwards is done at ASU. I think they got to pull the plug. But Donovan West, over the course of his career at ASU, has played center, left guard, right guard. He has really good movement skills, and on top of those really good movement skills, he also plays with a really good amount of power. And that really intrigues me. A guy who has power and can move and is three position versatile. A guy like Donovan West from ASU is a guy that I'm really high on. And like I said, you mentioned uh, Jamari uh, Salier. I I left him more towards the back half of the second round, third round type. But what are your thoughts? If you're the Buffalo Bills, could you maybe Jamari Salier, Donovan West, Thayer Munford, Sean, Sean Ryan, consider pulling the trigger there at 30, knowing that they might not be there in the 60s?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what we've talked about it before and that where we're going to be picking, you know, hopefully more than likely Mm -hmm. at the end of the first round, at the end of every round, is that you, you might end up having to make a reach. It's the same thing we talked about last year and then they took Greg Rousseau and that's working out pretty well so far. You know, somebody that maybe not everybody has as a first round pick, but you know that you're going to get play time out of them and, you know, you have that fifth year option in case... Uh, things are looking good, but not quite good enough to do an extension after year four. So, uh, I like those options. I think mm-hmm. um, there's probably some of the better options out there, and maybe Zion Johnson might be in that mix as well. Yeah, but uh, not not likely. I think that's a mm-hmm. that's kind of a good list to go with. Uh, I do. I I would be more inclined to try and move up a little bit to try and get one that you really want mm-hmm. and i said that before is that brandon bean has shown that he will move up to get his guy and not just a guy so if you're talking about moving up into you know the the high 20s or late teens to get a guy like a kwanu because they know what they're getting mm-hmm. uh you might be on the lookout for that too
1: yeah if it just costs a first and a third i think i'd be more open to doing that if it then it would cost like or like a first and a third and a fourth in 2023 as opposed yeah. to like a first and a second because we do i think still want to take a cornerback relatively high in this draft and we have talked about corners a ton you can go back to any previous shows but yeah Kenyon green ekamikwanu tyler linderbaum darian Kennard. i want to i, I kind of want to look more into and ask some people with some more knowledge in the situation whether a guy like nicholas pt frere from ohio state could kick inside at you know, six foot four, six foot five, 315 pounds. Um, obviously Sean Ryan from UCLA, Thayer Munford, Donovan West, Jamari yeah. Saylor. Those are the guys that I would feel comfortable taking in the first two rounds of the draft. Then it gets to Zion Johnson, who I think is a legitimate third rounder. He intrigues me, but I also have my reservations about him. And then you're looking at and I think we maybe both of us, wow. and, and let me let me know if 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 you were in the same boat as as me, was sort of Blinded by the flash because it's a guard. It's a guard interior of the blind, not the flashiest. But there's some flash with those names that I just mentioned. After those names are gone. Y- yikes. <laughs> like it is Andrew Voorhees from USC, Jarrett Patterson. I mean, there is a significant drop off after uh, Salyer and Zion Johnson, like massive, massive Cade, from Boston College. Cade,
0: um, Mays, from Cade Mays from Tennessee.
1: He's from Tennessee. I would still say that those names are massive. Like, like, I've yet to find, and again, still relatively early in the process, I've yet to find um, those you know, fourth or fifth or sixth round guys, the the, the Hendersons of the world. Um, am I saying that the South Carolina? Who's the guy from South Carolina last year? I keep wanting to say Chantel or Henderson.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, all, Henderson. All
1: the, yeah. I keep wanting to see I keep getting Hutchinson confused, Hutchinson uh, Senarius Hutchinson. 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 sorry. I was getting him confused with Chantrail Henderson, our old offensive tackle. But I've yet to find that type of player in this draft, like that mid-round guard that I really like. Um, like maybe the the Wyatt Tellers of the World. I have yet to find that in the middle rounds yet. Um, you know, guys that I truly appreciate that might that might come in time. But right now, I feel like maybe I was a little blindsided by how star started the beginning of this and how flashy the beginning of this interior off the blind class is. Because to me, again, after Salier and Zion Johnson there is a massive drop off in a, in a draft class yeah. this
0: week in a draft class this week all these guys are going super early and that's and that's where the professionals get paid you know they get paid to find out where is the cliff you mm-hmm. know where where is the stopping point from the good group to the the next group and you know we saw a couple years back with with Dawson Knox Brandon Bean felt like you know Knox was the end of he was the edge of the cliff essentially mm-hmm. and anything after that was going to be uh, you know, a significant step down, so he made his move. That's what we're looking at in, in this group. Where do you make your move? If you can't get the top guy or one of the top guys, where's, where's the back end specifically? Because <laughs> <laughs> there is a drop.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into our uh, games of the week, previewing the week that will be in college football. I'm going to start on Friday night. There's a couple of big games, big-ish games on Friday night. Um, at least power five schools, four and four Virginia tech at 7:30 uh, takes on four and four Boston college. Again, if you are ever watching a Virginia tech game, when they are on defense, keep your eyes out for boundary corner, Jermaine Waller. He's one of my favorite prospects in this draft class, second, possibly third round cornerback. He's got length. Uh, I really do like Jermaine Waller tight end, James Mitchell from Virginia tech. And then, obviously, Boston College has got Zion Johnson and Alec Lindstrom along the offensive line. Um, any other thoughts on that Virginia Tech-Boston College game on Friday night?
0: Well, I mean, it should be a good game between two ACC teams that, um, you know, especially with Boston College, it still has a outside shot at uh, getting to an ACC title game. So mm-hmm. I think Zion Johnson at Boston College, you know, keep an eye on that one for the offensive guard position. And then, it's you know, I mean, it's, it's a fun game, especially for, uh, what is it, yeah. Friday night? So. Yeah. It's a good one. Utah-Stanford later is a yeah, big I game, saying, too. Get,
1: get a little tipsy later. Put on some Pac-12 after dark. Get to watch some Devin Lloyd and that surprising 5-3 and three Utah squad. And Hey, that Utah defense is good. If Tanner McKee can light him up, maybe Tanner McKee can work his way into that first round ahead of the Buffalo Bills pick. Um, yeah. I doubt it. Tanner McKee is a fucking statue. I don't understand what anyone sees in Tanner McKee. I don't get it. Um, but he's been getting uh, day one, day two buzz. Uh, and obviously uh, no. Davis Davis Mills went what the third round last year. So who knows, but anyway. that, that's
0: the, that's the same buzz that got Kyle Trask taken early. And it's just, don't you no. dare talk bad about my boy, Kyle Trask. I love Kyle. Trask. Yeah, oh, I, I will all day long. <laughs> I got overdrafted like crazy.
1: Uh. Anyway, uh, on Saturday in the noon hour, there's some interesting games. You can take the night off. Anyone feel free to take the night off. Cause I'm not seeing a lot at night, but
0: whoa, uh, and, whoa, whoa. I I disagree.
1: Okay, but I, my, to me, the 3.30 hour is the biggest hour, but we'll start at noon. Um, you want to talk a little bit about Sam Hartman, I think. 8-0 Wake Forest against 4-4 and UNC. So it's Sam Hartman, who's got 22 touchdowns to three interceptions this year, up against Sam Howell, who was one of the top Heisman um, betting favorites heading into this season. Talk a little bit about Wake Forest at UNC. Going to be a shootout there, correct?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if you had Wake Forest at 8-0, uh, on your board for the year, then go ahead and fill the square because uh, I don't think anybody, you know, had had that one there. Uh, Wake Forest 8-0 leading their, their side of the ACC, and they are in line right now for a championship game showdown with the Pitt Panthers and Heisman favorite Kenny Pickett. So if you, uh, like I said, if you had that one on your board for the year, then congratulations because <laughs> I don't think even Nostradamus saw that one coming. Um, but yeah, Sam Hartman at, uh, at Wake Forest, you know, he's another one of the kids that was on uh, QB one under the lights and, um, you know, a good kid, I think limited, uh, set wise, but is really finding a way to get it done. Um, not an overall, not the biggest kid out there, but, uh, you know, shows, uh, shows good poise and good accuracy mm-hmm. in pocket. So yeah. I think, um, you know, next, uh, across the field from Hartman, uh, this year's Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, um, you know, it should be, a, it should be a fun game.
1: Yeah, we, you know, uh, UNC's got a linebacker I really like, and Jermaine Gemmel. Um, they've got a couple other freshmen and sophomore that I like that aren't draft eligible as well. Ohio State, Nebraska again, I always going to have my eye on Petit Frere and Munford, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. The better they do, they can drop other players and other positions to the yeah. Buffalo Bills if they go. It should be um. a slaughter, though.
0: It's that's it should be. My-
1: Nebraska's three and five, but Jojo Doman, six foot one, 230 pound nickel corner. It's still my favorite prospect to watch. I always gotta we watch yeah. myself some Jojo Doman. Um, and you
0: then... got Georgia and Missouri, that should be a rollover. Um, the other game that, Are we still, that we I was in the, gonna... we
1: still in the noon hour. We still in the noon hour here. We're still in the
0: noon hour, the other right. game that I was gonna get to, and you're probably gonna get to this one too. You got the quarterback duel. This is this yes. is for the top of the class. Yes, you got Liberty stepping up to face old miss Malik Willis versus Matt Corral. Head to head on the same field, obviously Maybe. not playing each other, but big game there, especially for Willis to come in. Uh, If they can look anything better than respectable against Ole Miss, that's going to be uh, big for a lot of people in his evaluation. I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on that game. Uh, so you know, if you uh, if you get that channel, I didn't I didn't write down what channel that one comes on, SEC but if you get Net- it, network. SEC oh, okay, network. SEC Network. All right, so yeah, that one should be easy. All to find. five
1: of you should be able to find that one. Um, also All five ESPN, of you <laughs> ESPN, uh, ESPN, SMU at Memphis could be a shootout. Love me some Sunny Dykes, uh, and Tanner Mordecai too, uh, in the noon hour, um, three 30. I got, I got, got to keep my eye on Michigan state, Purdue. You got Kenneth Walker versus George Karloftis. you know, Purdue, despite the fact that Purdue has been hot and cold this year, they beat Iowa. Now they get to go up against the other, the new big dog in the big 10 michigan state that's at 330 on abc 330 on fox baylor at tcu an interior offensive line prospect that i now have my eye on xavier newman johnson uh pro football network was talking about him um guard center flex he's versatile played all three interior positions there at baylor under dave aranda who is close friends with sean mcdermott and uh he's like a bull in a china shot because he's shorter but he's thicker uh, and he's a pretty relatively decent athlete. So Xavier Newman-Johnson for Baylor, Baylor. And then obviously Noah Daniels and Tomlin's in the two corners for TCU uh, going up a, going up against a surprisingly good Baylor squad. So those two middle-of-the-road Big 12 teams uh, this year, I guess Baylor obviously better than TCU. Any thoughts on Michigan State-Purdue
0: or Baylor-TCU? Uh, well, I mean, Baylor is, is right in contention for the Big 12. And I don't think anybody uh, – a lot of people were calling that one when the year started. So it's a nice little surprise story, Cinderella – um, in their own right, there. I was actually going to get to the Auburn Texas a And Texas a game. That's the big one. Yep, that is the big uh, one. You got some TBS. Yep, three thirty game. Uh, Auburn. You know they got that uh, McCreary, the corner out there to keep, uh, definitely keep an eye and on. Pickett. And pick it, and pick it for the or um, Puckett for the middle rounds too. Jeremiah yep. Puckett, so he's yep. a guy who could go in the middle rounds, uh, who could be an interesting name. Yep, and then uh, carry on green for Texas A&M. So big game there. Uh, of course, you got Cincinnati and Tulsa squeezing in in that 330 hour. If you want Jalen,
1: Jalen Wadmeyer and Isaiah Spiller. Uh, don't forget. No. And Anania Smith. Don't forget about those other A&M weapons on that offense.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll get to wide receivers down the line, too. But that's going to be another sneaky need sne- going forward.
1: Sneaky good game, 330 p.m. Uh, not a sneaky good game. It's probably not even going to be a good game at all. Uh, sneaky good positional matchup i should say 3 30 p.m on cbs sports colorado state at wyoming trey, ah. McBride, trey mcbride up against chad muma who is getting some you know second day second round second third round buzz linebacker from wyoming up against trey mcbride from colorado state that 330 on cbs sports that could be an interesting positional matchup uh to keep an eye on uh trey McBride's but possibly like his box score <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to so turn for the of people
0: for the handful of people that are listening we got some inside information we can't say from who but the bills were scouting they were at the Colorado State game a few weeks ago specifically keeping an eye on that tight end out there, Trey McBride. So yeah. if you want to see what they're looking at, maybe tune into that game. We can't say where we heard that from, but it's on good authority. <laughs>
1: uh i actually think we can say it because he legitimately said uh kendall kendall said no don't no
0: don't reveal our sources come on it's gotta be be we can't
1: reveal sources
0: exclusive content here there you go yeah just trust us trust
1: (laughs) (laughs) it literally goes against everything i say on twitter i can't (laughs) um uh but but kendall was out there scouting the csu game a couple of weeks ago for sis um, and he ran into a member of the Buffalo Bills front office there, scouting both teams equally. Yeah. Um, but certainly, why the hell else would you be scouting Colorado State? University?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that football uh, factory uh, out there in Colorado yeah, State.
1: Yeah. Uh, taking a, a look at Tanner McBride. Um, I don't know what you're seeing in these night games, dude. I got All right. so, LSU, Bama, and Texas. Uh, Texas versus – who's Texas playing?
0: Um, Iowa State. Iowa State. So all, all right, so let me go. Let me got, go through man. the slate. First of all, you've got Tennessee versus Kentucky. There's a couple players out there for Kentucky. They've come back down to earth the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. They were riding high. They thought they were in the you know they thought they were in contention for the SEC. And then they ran into Georgia, and then last week they they got downed again. Um, I can't remember who they played last week, but they got beat again. Oh, Mississippi State. They got beat by Mississippi mm-hmm. State. That's what it was. So they're trying to rebound, coming back against Tennessee. Fun game, SEC. There's going to be talent all over the place maybe not all of them are draft eligible, but, or draft Wendell Wendell Robinson,
1: the wide receiver, Um, uh, the corner for Tennessee. uh, I'm blanking on his name, Uh, but maybe Wendell Robinson versus that corner from Tennessee. And I'll pull up his name while you're uh, talking about some other games here. But Uh,
0: the other one, Oregon versus university of Washington, Uh, you've got DB, uh, DBU versus uh, D2 DBU, so to speak, Uh, Washington putting out, Several players out there, um, and then Oregon with um, McKinley and uh, Mike Hill-Wright. Uh, South Carolina-Florida is another one. Um, if you want to keep an eye on Jordan Strachan, linebacker for South Carolina, and Inigbari, the defensive end edge uh, for South Carolina, two players. Uh, maybe we're not going to be in the market for it, but you never know. Um, you know, Moving on from Mario Addison and possibly Jerry Hughes this offseason may open up a spot um, versus Florida with Elam, the corner. Uh, and some other guys out there then uh, you also have Clemson Louisville Clemson on a downswing but uh, it's an ACC game should be fun to watch Justin Ross is a mid-round wide receiver prospect for Clemson to keep an eye on for Buffalo as well as uh, Jay Skalski the uh, linebacker probably a late rounder undrafted linebacker um, to for special teams and backup um, and then ISU in Texas Brees Hall Charlie Kohler Brock Purdy uh, Greg Eisworth you know, the Iowa trade. state side that, that we all know about. So I'm, pre-
1: I'm predicting now the Buffalo bills. We, uh we go out and uh, we, we trade it all next off season. We, 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 we pull a Ricky Williams and try to get Bajon Robinson at the beginning, at the top of the 2023 NFL <laughs> draft. So uh, the six foot 215 pounder is always fun to watch, even though he's not draft eligible from Texas. Uh, it was uh Alante Taylor was the cornerback from Tennessee who might get some looks against Wendell Robinson. Um, he's a middle round corner, a guy who could hear his name called anywhere between the fourth and the sixth round. So uh, always, uh, you know, interesting to watch and keep an eye on those corners because typically where the Buffalo bills like to draft uh, their corners, but man, you're, you're being generous to this, uh, this late slate of games. I will be watching uh, Shrek, the musical, uh, a local high school theater production <laughs> on Saturday night. I will, uh, and that will probably be more be more entertaining than some of these uh, these night games. My glad you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's a uh, you know what do, what are do you you know what are you watching them yeah. for? I mean, so, yep. uh, if you're watching specifically for draft eligible players or draft guys, that might be Buffalo Bill specific. Probably not the slate to watch, mm-hmm. but for some fun interconference games games, yeah. you know, I mean, like I said, you've got. All of those games right there are within their own conferences. So, when mm. you're talking about Big 12 on Big 12, ACC, SEC, you know, power five conferences, teams playing each other, and maybe not with something to play for, but they're still going to be, you know, competitive. So, yeah, it's a fun and, slate, just not uh, maybe a top 25 slate.
1: And, and I will say this like LSU, Bama, uh, Jamison Williams, John Metchie, the the better they play, mm-hmm. the higher they could get drafted, which again could drop players back. Uh, to the Buffalo Bills I am not sold on Josh Job the corner out of Bama. I think he is going to just I I don't even know if he'll get drafted high I hope he doesn't I, I'm I'm not a big fan of Josh Job Alabama defenders are so tricky man but you know obviously they got some good linebackers there um they got that safety they got Josh Job in the, in in the in the at, at corner who I again I, I mentioned I think is overrated it With our lack of depth at DT, Harrison Phillips is going to be a free agent. Vernon Butler is going to be on his way out the door. We mentioned it on our Monday show. Like There was a significant drop-off when Starla Tudule and Ed Oliver left the football field. The Buffalo Bills are probably going to have to be adding some bodies along that defensive line. I'm not saying these guys are good, but maybe the Buffalo Bills might be looking at one of these guys as a late-round flyer. They're all sort of two-down defensive tackles. LeBron Ray, Fedarian Mathis. Uh, DJ Durden, off from Alabama. Um, not Ray. I think I would be the highest on of the three. Um, but those are are three guys the Buffalo Bills could be looking at in maybe the
0: fifth to seventh round if they're looking for so, the bodies because this IDL class is weak. We talked about this uh, right before we came on, and I was telling you that I did a, a mock draft, and one mm-hmm. of the guys that I got, um, you know, in in a day three, what would be a day three pick, and I believe it was. Uh, let's see. I got it pulled up here. It was at pick two o three. So obviously, it's a day three pick there. Um, PJ Mustafer from Penn State, yes. six six foot four, three hundred twenty six pounds. All right, this is from uh, the Draft Network, by the way. Give them their credit. Um, brother is a uh, Sam is a center for the Chicago Bears. Guess what? PJ was a prominent high school wrestler, an All American two times <laughs> at the high school level. So guess what that means? He might be on the radar of Sean McDermott. 100%. 100%. Uh, the scheme tendencies include even front gap control principles with a variety of coverage shells. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Star, a projected starting role in 2021 uh, in college here for Penn State's projected starting defensive tackle. So basically the rundown on him, um, it reads like somebody that would fit well in with the Buffalo Bills and what they want to do. And as a guy that, you know, at pick 203 at day three, well worth your time, mm-hmm. and uh, on on top of that,
1: Brent Pry, defensive coordinator at Penn State. Not to mention the Pagula connections to Penn State. Uh, yep. Brent Pry, the uh, defensive coordinator at uh, Penn State, former football player for the UB Bulls. And according to that Cover One article that came out a couple of years ago, part a uh, uh, marginal part. Uh, a very outside part of that Sean McDermott like a uh, circle of people that he goes to uh, and he trusts to share information with. So, you know, Sean McDermott and Brett Pryde, the defense corner there at Penn state have like a, some semblance of a relationship enough to be able to probably go back and forth and have a, an honest conversation about a guy like PJ Mustapher. Um He was, he was a guy I've been, I've been taking in a couple of mocks as well um, yeah. warming up to him in the later rounds. Cause he, he seems like he's an athlete who, because he was a pretty highly recruited kid there too, right? Like so, yeah. Um, he was an athlete who just sort of hasn't put it all together yet. So you kind of hope in the later rounds, like, all right, give me the athlete, <laughs> give me the athlete. Maybe what was happening in college just didn't click. He gets pro coaching and it clicks. Um, so yeah, definitely later later on. Um, definitely not name to keep an eye on. So that will just about do it for this episode of the BF War Room. We will be back next week. Um, we're running out of positions to talk about. <laughs> uh, we might have to think, find some some new segments. Uh, I think next
0: week we might go a little bit deeper into the wide receiver class. Yeah, with the, let's uh, do that. Let's do that. The upcoming turnover that we have at the position yes, with Cole Beasley going into the last year of his deal, mm-hmm. Manuel Sanders on a one-year deal, as I as Isaiah McKenzie on a one-year deal. Um, so we have some upcoming holes there that we can delve into, and I think we'll kind of preview it by saying. Uh, Dotson from Penn State is probably at the top of the list for uh, possible targets, right, Steve?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. I'm not as high on him as others. No? I, okay. I, I like him. But don't get me wrong. I like him, and my opinion can be swayed, but I was i was listening to the Tailgate podcast with Austin Gale and uh, Mike Renner, and they, they just talk about how, as an athlete, comparable to all of the other athletes he's not like he he's not a downfield burner and his size is quite small like analytically is he a very good wide receiver is his drop rate sensational does he make plays yes but is that going to translate to the national football league for a uh, for a guy like brandon bean who likes his freaks could a job i mean i guess you look at our wide receiving core and you have cole beasley who's like hardly a freak yeah um, i mean so case maybe, in point Maybe, maybe it's different by position. And wide receiver isn't one of those positions where he's looking for that. But uh, I, 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 um, uh, yeah, I, don't know. I'm still, I'm still I working see- through. I'm still working through my feelings on Jahan Dotson. I don't want to say any. I don't want to say anything like. Uh, I don't want to say anything too uh, flamethrower ish or anything like that. I don't want to be held accountable to any of the words that come out of my mouth in regards to Jahan Dotson right now. More research needs to be done for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I mean he's one of the best receivers. Catch. well Bell from Penn, uh, from Purdue. Fuck that guy's blowing it up, man! And his catch radius is phenomenal. Um, and obviously you got the two Ohio State guys, the two Alabama guys, um, and a whole bunch of Ross, uh, Romeo Dubs has got my heart right now. I love me some Romeo Dubs uh, from Nevada. Um, yeah, you got to cut the Southern Alabama kid too. I mean you got some guys. So yeah, let's dig into those wide receivers next week. That's a good call.
0: Yeah yeah i'll be looking forward to it and uh you know this week just everybody enjoy the games and uh we'll get back and discuss it all next time
1: all right until next time ladies and gentlemen go bills
0: go bills